Good morning, everybody. So uh, in Pashat Pinchas, one of the things we read about is the daughters of Silofachad. So it says, Vatik Vatik Rabna Benot Slofchad. So the daughters of Slofchad come close. And it's interesting, it gives, it gives his, uh, his genealogy. He's Ben Hefer, Ben Gilad, Ben Machir, Ben Menasheh, Lemishpechot Menasheh, Ben Yosef. So the, the first question you're going to ask is, why do we need to give his genealogy? We say, okay, Ben Menasheh, why do we have to then add Lemishpechot Menasheh, Ben Yosef? We obviously know that Menasheh is the son of Yosef. And then it gives their names, Ve'ele Shemot Benotav. These are the names of his daughters. Machla, Noah, Ve'chagla, Umalka, Ve'tilsa. So here it gives them in a specific order. And then later on, we're going to see when they're going to get their husband, it gives them a different order. And then it says, Vata'amodna, And they stood before. So the, the rabbis ask, why do we need Vatikravna? That they came close. Vata'amodna, And that they stood in front of. And then again, it's a, again interesting. Lifne Moshe, they could come in front of Moshe. Why does it mean? Why do they need to say Vilifne Elazar in front of Elazar? Also Hakohen Vilifne Anesim in front of all of the princes, Vechol Haeda, and all of the congregation, Petach Ol Moed, in front of the Ol Moed. You're going to come ask a question. Come ask Moshe. Why do they have to gather? Not just Moshe, but Moshe Elazar, all of the princes and all of the people. And what is their plea? Avinu, our father, met Bamidbar. He died in the desert. How did he die in the desert? He didn't die with the spies. He didn't die with Korach. He died, maybe one opinion is, he was the one who was gathering wood on Shabbat. Another opinion he, he is because he's, he, he went with the, with the 30,000 people who decided after the Miraglim, they decided they're going to go take the land of Israel. And they went to go take the land of Israel. So, so, and then they got killed uh, along, the, along the way of the, the water. Right, but he's from the tribe of Menasheh. Maybe he joined them. That's another opinion. And he wasn't with the, uh, the, the congregation. That, that, uh, that, that rebelled against God in the, uh, in the gathering of Korach. Because from his sin he died. Ubanim He didn't have any sons. Also, his father was a firstborn, and he was a firstborn, which would entitle them to a double portion of something. Lama yigara Shem Avinu. Why should the name of our father be omitted? Mitoch Mishpato from among his brothers, because we just went through a list of all the people, and we see his father's mentioned, but he's not mentioned. Ki en lo ben because he has no son. Give us a portion avinu, amongst the amongst our father's brothers. So it says, So Moshe brings their judgment in front of Hashem. So the question is another question: Why does Moshe have to bring their judgment to Hashem? Moshe can figure it out himself. Why does he have to do that? So it's interesting because the rabbis debate a few things relating to the the daughters of Slofachat. One question is, did they come for the money? Did they come for the money? You know, they said, listen, we're talking about the laws of inheritance. Our father had an estate. If they say the least person who left Egypt had 80 donkeys or whatever of, uh, of treasure, uh, where's our father's money going? So did they come for the money? Or did they come for love of the land? If you're going to tell me they came for the love of the land, which is what we hold, how do we know that? 
How do we know that it didn't just come for the money? The next question we said was, why in front of Moshe and all the people? Why not just Moshe? So one of the interesting things is their names are listed, and their names are listed as children of Yosef. So Rashi brings, their names are listed because it shows that each of them was righteous in what they were doing. And they were like Moshe was a Sadiq, they were Sadiqim. They were righteous. That's why they're mentioned like that. They're mentioned in two different orders to show that there was no one greater than the other. They were all in their own right great. It brings the name of the tribes and all of the things that they were doing because before they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, what did they do? They first discussed it among themselves to make sure they were all of like mind. And then what did they do? They went to the leaders of the tribe of Menashe and said, we want to we wanna approach Moshe. What do you think? Is this a reasonable, a reasonable question to ask Moshe? And the leaders of Menashe said, yes, it's a reasonable question. But then they're going to approach Moshe. And it's interesting because there's two possibilities when they're approaching Moshe. One is because our father died from sin, Moshe is going to look at us like we're no good. Zero. We shouldn't get anything. Your father died. He committed a sin. You don't deserve anything. Or the other side is they're saying, look, our father had nothing to do with the rebellion against you. So one way or the other, Moshe is nogea bedavar. Either according to the uh, according to the Orachayim Hakadosh, he says that they're worried that Moshe can't judge them because he's going to judge us based on our father making a sin. Other rabbis say Moshe can't judge them because he has hakarat tov that their father didn't join against him in a rebellion. So one way or the other, Moshe Rabbeinu is not able to judge. Therefore, Moshe brings with him Elazar HaKohen and also the Nesi'im, that they should judge. But now imagine for a second, you're standing there in front of all these people and you have these five girls come in front of you. The youngest of them has to be 39. Because if the father died in the beginning of the, of the time in the desert, that means he died 38 years ago. So the youngest of them has to be 39. Because their father died, none of them got married. None of them are married. So you're looking at five unmarried girls who are coming to you to plead a case. Who's going to have the heart to tell them no? Rabbi Joey Haber said he got the deal and the shul didn't open. Two more days the shul was going to open. So a few girls asked him to give a class to some, to some girls who were single in their late 20s and their 30s. He said, so he gathered together these girls and he gave a class. He said, in the middle of the class, he started to cry. He said, they're all great girls. There's no reason that any of them shouldn't be married. It's just Hashem is saying, your time is your time. But he became so emotional that he said he was crying. And then they obviously cried. So what's going to happen? These five girls are going to come in front of the leaders. They're going to plead their case. How could I judge them? I can't judge them. And therefore they had to take the case to Hashem to judge the case. Now, how do we know that they really had a love of the land? Because if it was all about the money, when would they approach Moshe to ask him about the money? 38 years, 39 years ago when their father died. But now, only because they're going into the land and they see they weren't mentioned in the final count, they say, hey, we have to approach to be able to ask for the land. We have, from these, from these five girls, we have a lesson of the love of the land. And you're going to see, if you go further, you're going to see right after this, you see how Moshe is now going to approach Hashem. And he's going to ask Hashem a favor. He's going to ask Hashem what? Someone's going to take over for me. 
who should take over for me? What does Moshe have in mind? If because of their father's sin, Hashem is saying they could still inherit and go into the land, then maybe because of my sin, it doesn't stop my own children from being able to take over from me. And maybe they would be able to be the ones. And then Hashem tells him, sorry, Charlie, but the guy who's going to take over for you is Yehoshua bin Nun. It's a beautiful lesson that you see in here about people who love the land and how the thought of the process goes through and how the Torah explains it to us in so few verses to teach us that we should really have this connection to the land and someone who loves the land and wants the land, Hashem's going to be there to do whatever, whatever He could do for them. Baruch Adonai